Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Dr. Bo Bruce. So, I don't know about you, but I used to love my cell phone. I'm sure I'm dating myself, but I do remember the old days of going to the mall with my family. Everyone wanted to do something different while they were there, and after all, running around with your parents doing returns wasn't nearly as fun as exploring the bookstore, or at least that was my favorite thing to do. I'm sure some of you had something a little or a lot less nerdy that you liked to do there. But there was, a, there was this key problem. We, we didn't have these cell phones back then. It sounds easy enough to deal with. After all, we've had these things, watches, I don't know, for hundreds of years now, I think. So we set up appointed times we would get together. Sounds simple, right? Well, it would be simple, except that one of your family members who shall remain unnamed, my mom, was chronically late. And I don't mean by five or ten minutes. I mean sometimes an hour or more. It was a lot of fun. At least now I could call her and find out pretty quickly whether she had just underestimated what she had to do as usual or this time had actually been captured by aliens. So I remember those times when we used to enjoy seeing who was calling. It was usually your family or your friends. But these days, and if the recent news stories and FCC actions are anything to be believed, I'm not the only one who doesn't enjoy seeing who's calling anymore. After all, if you're anything like me, you get far more bogus calls than anything legit. It's gotten to the point that I tell people who need to reach me that do not routinely call me to call twice in a row. And even that isn't foolproof since some of the telemarkers have apparently figured out that I and others have suggested this to people and they use it too. Call me and don't leave a message more than a couple of times and you're pretty likely to be blocked. Honestly, I think sometimes it would probably be better if I just blocked every call to my phone, except those from my known contacts. And perhaps after church, we can all commiserate about robocalls. But let's take a step back for a moment and remember who the top caller of all is. God. Yep, God's the original robocaller. And before you go ballistic, let's remember that like most things bad, they started out with the best of intentions. And God has always had the best of intentions. God isn't trying to offer you a three-day vacation, hoping you buy a timeshare that you'll be lucky if your grandkids can shed themselves off long after you're dead. He isn't trying to offer you quick cash for your property. He isn't telling you that he's taken your family hostage and wants the ransom paid. He isn't asking for you to wire money to Africa to get your lottery winnings. No, God called out of all creation nothingness in from from nothingness he called everything into existence he called humankind out of inanimate dust into corporeal flesh and he has ever since been calling us out of death into life this is not a scam it's a constant call of sincerity and truth but what do we do when god calls perhaps his number isn't familiar to us so we let it ring through to voicemail maybe we're too busy to listen to it Perhaps we are skeptical of what God is offering to us for so little in return. It does sound too good to be true, doesn't it? Eternal life for, for what? 
for barely anything he's asking of us? Thanks, but no thanks. Perhaps uh, this sounds a little like something I shouldn't believe. I mean, surely you, in your inside, you have to think that's crazy once in a while. Too good to be true. I can't trust this God guy. He has to be lying to me. Yet there's something about this offer that seems legit. But how can I accept it? I've been burned before. True, we've all listened to people who shouldn't have done something and learned a lesson the hard way. And let's not forget that the church itself is a hospital for sinners. And if you judge the church by its members, you will never find a place in any church. Do you avoid going to the hospital when you're sick because there's sick people there? Of course not. But that's how people look at the church. I can't go there. X is mean. Y cheats on his wife. Z called me a liar. And yes, X, Y, and Z are sick. And don't forget that you probably experienced the sickness of X, Y, or Z yourself. And we talked about that last week. So I won't rehash it too much, but don't forget to look for the plank in your own eye before observing the splinter in your brother or sister's eye. We are all sinners, and no matter how close we come to being saints, even the holiest will still be sinners. That's not an excuse. That's not a reason for us to ignore our sins, but yet it is a reality. So like I said, maybe you let the call from God ring through to voicemail. Or perhaps you're to the point where you do recognize the number. Maybe you even see the caller ID and you decide, oh, it's God calling again. Got other things to do? Maybe I'll call back later. Perhaps you've already blocked his number because you decided to ignore God because of the people you know rather than because you know him. Today's passage is about one time 2,000 years ago when someone's phone rang and God was calling. Simon Peter, who would become the Prince of the Apostles, a simple fisherman before that, answered the call. Jesus said to him, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. Once again, sounds like a promise of something too good to be true. And it doesn't seem that Jesus' preaching had done much convincing. Peter's on the phone with God, expressing his skepticism, but he decides that this time is different, and he takes a position of faith. Master, we've caught nothing despite working all night, but at your word, I'll do it. And what happens? So many fish are taken up that they have to call their friends to help with another boat, and even that is barely enough. Contrast that with the story from just a few chapters earlier in Luke's Gospel. Now, while Zechariah was serving as a priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Unlike Peter, a fisherman, Zechariah was a priest. He should know the workings of God. And yet the whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense, and there appeared to Zechariah an angel of the Lord on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Like I said, Zechariah is a priest, knows the working of God. He's been praying that his wife Elizabeth will have a son. And 
Joy of joys, an angel comes to him and says, your prayer has been answered. Imagine that. And how does Zechariah respond? Not with joy, not at all. Well, the angel Gabriel tells him that others will rejoice at his son's birth and that many will turn in Israel to God and that his son will prepare a way to the Lord. Zechariah answers with a skepticism, but not with discernment or faith. Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. We know the rest of the story. Despite Zechariah's doubt, God followed through. It wasn't a pleasant experience for Zechariah. And Zechariah, unlike Peter, knew better. He should have been more prepared. He tended to God's matters in the temple. And yet, when the call came, he answered with doubt and not with faith. Note that both Peter and Zechariah responded with some skepticism. But their ultimate response was different. Healthy skepticism by another name is called discernment. It's a gift from God that we all possess and is bolstered by God's truth within us, the Holy Spirit. St. Paul himself tells us in 2 Corinthians that there are those who try to undermine the truth by claiming that in their boasted mission, they work on the same terms as we do. But such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. So brothers and sisters, we have to be careful. Satan calls us on the phone too, all the time. And he really is offering things that are too good to be true. You say, but so does God. No, nothing is further from the truth. Satan, like the telemarketers, tells you to pay up front for payment later, but nothing comes. Satan says, send me money, and I promise you that you'll get something great. But when we wire that money to Nigeria, we soon find out we've been had. There's no big payout. When we sign the dotted line, we realize that we've signed a rental agreement that costs us three times what we would have owed if we just bought it outright. Satan even likes to deliver a little something. Some temporary pleasure gets us hooked, leads us to keep giving more and more until we realize way too late that he's taken us for everything we have. Things with God are different. He only asks a little of you, a lot, lot less than what you get in return. And even so, he delivers on time, every time. But if you argue, no, he didn't. I asked for X, got Y. Sounds like you're putting God in the light of your calls to him rather than the other way around. If instead we're careful to focus on his calls to us, we see that we always come out ahead. What we have done to deserve God's grace to us, nothing, I might say. And even so, when we were his enemy, he pursued us, he chased after us, he continues to chase us, he continues to call us, hoping we'll pick up the phone, hoping we'll take his legitimate offer. And for a light burden and an easy yoke, receive an infinite return. Too good to be true? Yeah, it is. But it's the only offer you should accept 
And if you don't believe me, take your Bible and start reading. Time and time again, you will see God falling through on his promises when no one else does, when no one deserves it, when others just give him the proverbial middle finger. Look at the lives of those around you. God delivers. You're forgiven. You're never forsaken. God loves you. Full stop. No conditions, no bait and switch, no fine print. God loves you. So as I close, I want to draw a similarity between Simon Peter's call and that of a young virgin, Mary, the mother of God, the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who from just a few chapters before in the Gospel of Luke talks to Gabriel as well, who comes to see her and says, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. She's greatly troubled by this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The angel Gabriel explains to Mary, and she responds, how is this going to be? I'm a virgin. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing is impossible with God. Sounds crazy. But Mary says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. Just as Peter had said on that boat. I can't believe this, but I have faith. And so with clear discernment and an act of faith, the entire world was saved when Mary answered the call. God's calling you today. You can use your discernment to detect the right call. Yes, there are people calling you out there trying to sell you something that you don't need. But God isn't. Use your discernment. He doesn't ask for much. He offers everything. Are you willing to act with faith? Are you willing to believe that nothing is impossible with God? Are you willing to say, I'm tired and I have no idea how this is possible. But you're not asking too much of me, so why not? Just say, when he calls, let it be as you have said. Just let down your nets and trawl in a catch bigger than you can imagine. Let down your net and find yourself in God's catch. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.